You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. What if there was no Christmas? Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We'll read a few verses of the familiar portion of Scripture. But I want to go over a few things with you this morning and ask you, what if there was no Christmas? Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Excuse my nasally sound this morning, uh, I thought I was going to get by this Christmas season without catching this thing that I always seem to catch this time of year. Uh, those bottom board meetings, you know, they just get you. <laughs> no. Verse 1. At the time, at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them and says, Don't be afraid, he says. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Hallelujah. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a host of, a vast host of others, the, the, armies, of, of, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this moment in time to change the course of history. And we're here because of that, so Lord, I just thank you. I pray, God, that you would just anoint this time, keep me from coughing and snorting and all those things that would be any distraction. And may you be glorified this morning, O oh God. May your spirit preach us each one, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever wondered what we would be missing if there was no Christmas? When you reflect on it, you quickly discover that just about every good thing you can think of in your life seems to center around or come together at Christmas time. Family and food and fun and, and all lights and everything else that just seems to put a, a something warm in our hearts. But what if there was no Christmas? A few weeks ago, I, I was trying to get into the mood at the beginning of, the, uh, of December, and, and I, I looked for a Christmas movie, and, and uh, if you have Netflix, they give you suggestions, and there was one that came up, uh, it was entitled, The Man Who Invented Christmas. Some of you may have seen it. It's based on the story of uh, Charles Dickens and how he wrote the Christmas Carol, and, and, and uh, it, it, it was amazing because it kind of gave the backstory. And for those of you who don't know, it, it was suggesting that at the time 
England and mostly Europe that had lost the very meaning of Christmas. I saw some similarities with the time in which we live. Until the book was written and it sold out within 24 hours. And uh, it's a good story. So if you don't, if you have it, you might want to watch it, uh, you know. But anyway, since the movie, it got me thinking. Have you ever wondered what we'd be missing if there was no Christmas? When you reflect on it, you quickly discover that just about everything good you can think of in your life will be gone. What would be missing? I originally thought, well, we wouldn't give any, any presents. Right? No days off from work. No Christmas dinner. No holiday to spend time with family. No chance to listen to Christmas music, because there'd be no Christmas music. Uh, no chance to play practical jokes on, on people when you give those uh, white elephant gifts back and forth. Right? After some quiet reflection and thought, I discovered that I would be missing more than what I first thought. I soon discovered that I'd be missing just about everything good in my life and in yours. So here's my point. What if there was no Christmas? What would I be missing in life? There'd be no Christmas cheer. There would be no Merry Christmas. There'd be no jingle bells. There'd be no, no joy to the world. There'd be no harp that herald angels sing. There'd be no silent nights. There would be no Merry, uh, there would be no gift giving, no Christmas lights, no candy canes, and no God with us. There would be no reason for the season. There would be no holiday spirit. There would be no good news. There would be no bridge to heaven, no healings, no grace, no mercy, and no forgiveness. There would be no purpose for our lives. There would be no bondage breaker, no freedom, no eternal life. There would be no transformations. There would be no light. At the end of the tunnel, there would be no revivals. There would be no church, which means there would be no life-centered church. And if you've been away from life-centered church, as, as Devin and Ashley have been, there's nothing like life-centered church, amen? Good to have them in service today. And the army let them go for a couple of weeks. Hallelujah. There'd be no Christians. No bridge to the presence of God. Think about it. Think about it. There'd be no spirit-filled life. There'd be no, no life recovery. There, there would be no love. There'd be no wise men. There would be no New Testament that we just read from. It. And, and the Bible as we know it would not exist. There would be no entrance into the holy of holies, into the very presence of God. No revelation, no church. There would be no pastors, and if no pastors, then there would be no worship music. There would be no bread of life. There would be no deliverance, no joy in life, no, therefore no testimonies to the resurrection power and all the blessings there is to know the living God. God who ministers day by day, week by week. There'd be no, look what the Lord has done kind of Sundays that we're going to have next week. 
There'd be no miracles. There's no defeating of death, and there would be no salvation. And for that, my friends, oh, Lord, help us. But there is a Christmas. And there is a Christmas, and all these items above belong to us, and we choose to receive the gift of Christmas. Praise God. Christmas, Christ in us. That's the gift. That's the Christmas spirit. Christ in us. That's what we need to live by and live in. Are you manning well? We need, but we need to give him space in our hearts for that to happen. And it happens in no other way. But here's my second point. Because of the Christ, we have Christmas. Yes, because of Christ's willingness to come and his willingness to be born in a manger, in a barn. Yes, because he was willing to die on a cross for us, uh, uh, to have all the stuff mentioned above, and much, much more. When you think about the, he left glory, and we will never understand until we get there, what glory, what the presence of God in heaven is all about, the fellowship of God as we as we walk with him and talk with him and for all eons of time and then he says yes father I will go and be born in a lowly virgin in a dungy manger to ultimately die on the cross for those you love because he was willing to die on the cross we have all the benefits and more Jesus did not come His sacrificial gift just keeps on giving, keeps on multiplying. Even today, as I said, that every 45 seconds, someone in the world is getting saved because he came. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's still touching lives. Christmas, to me, has become a time to ponder the spiritual benefits that come from the inception Christ's Christmas time is a time to reflect on the importance of the eternal benefits to me and to others because he came. But for there to be eternal benefits to others, I, must, I have to pass on the true meaning of Christmas to my, in my life to others. I have to tell, you got to tell others why we celebrate Christmas. It's just not about passing presents back and forth. It's not just about a big turkey or ham at the dining table. We must remember again why he came and pass it on. It appears that what we sow is what we reap, and beyond these unexpected rewards come from, from the reason for the season. I want you to pay attention to this story. This is not my story. It's a, it's a, a story of another couple. It says this, my wife gave away the gift money. And now our kids will have no presents. It's written by Clark Coughlin. Says my wife Joy and I received a request to sing a few songs, perform a comedy routine, and then lead in a serious time of reflection about the meaning of Christmas for a group of senior citizens. That year we especially was 
enjoyed on both time and money. What now? We decided to accept the invitation, partly, partly because we love seniors, and partly because we viewed the opportunity as God's invitation to abound in every good work, since he had provided all we had needed. He wanted to share some, we wanted to share some laughter, warmth, memory, and a timeless Christmas story, Christmas story from Luke 2 with the many people who probably missed their families there in the old folks' home. Our children were young enough to write out a Christmas wish list, and we began to wonder if they would receive much of anything from their list. Over the years, we had tried to instill in our kids the, the awareness that Christmas was not about materialism, but you can imagine the looks on their faces when we said, you may only get a couple of small gifts this year. When we accepted the invitation to perform, we hadn't expected anything in return. After the program, someone handed us an envelope. It contained a $50 love gift. We were thrilled. To us, it was an unexpected bonus. Only a couple of days later, we learned through our church that a family had just spent every last dollar moving into a new apartment and that their circumstances had left them with nothing for Christmas. And I mean, and I mean nothing. Joy and I both felt that tug in our hearts. You know that kind. It's the one that lets you know God is asking you to do something. We knew we were being called upon to give generously to the family in need. With the holiday quickly approaching, Joy went shopping for that family. She spent all of the $50 and we had given, we had been given after the seniors program and quite a bit more than that out of our own regular budget. When Joy showed up with all of her wrapped gifts, she was almost not, she almost got knocked over from, for, from the kids' hugs. The mom and the family stood there looking at all the packages, crying tears of thanksgiving. Joy beamed when she returned from her delivery. Through her giving, God had poured out every, even more joy to joy. <laughs> As we turned in the night, to, it hit us. What were we going to do for our own kids for Christmas this year? What were, are we going to do for, for them? I, was candid, I, I, I will candidly admit that I silently struggled for a short time with some not-so-nice feeling about spending our money on another family when our own kids would have very little for Christmas. I also admit, for the first time in, in a long time, I thought only for a split second about withholding our tithe, a tenth of our income, about that two-week period, using it instead to buy things for our kids. But tithing had been our joyful habit for years, and the selfish thought became quickly replaced by the thought that God had always provided for us with everything we ever needed. Joy and I made a willful decision to give happily to God what belonged to God. As I wrote uh, out our tithe check the next day, I was grateful for the peace that flooded my soul. I was quite sure that the God's grace would continue to abound in our lives with or without a bunch of toys at Christmas. Then on December 22nd, we checked our mail. There, there in the midst of a stack of Christmas cards sat an envelope with no return address. 
We were being curious and opened the cards first. Inside the envelope was another typical Christmas card. But when Joy opened it, money, the green kind, fluttered to the ground, landing at her feet. She picked up the bills. On each corner, you could read the number 100. She counted one, two, oh my goodness, three. Then she squealed again, shaking four crisp bills. She screamed. Then we stood there for a moment, mouths open, shaking our heads. The card simply said simply, you two are a blessing. God bless you this Christmas. Nobody had signed the card. To this day, we have no idea who sent the card or why. We wondered if it might have come from one of the senior citizens who saw us perform, but we really didn't have a clue. Maybe we'll get to thank that anonymous donor in heaven someday. I'm pretty sure they had no idea just how timely or important that gift was to us and our kids. What we do know is that God provided abundantly. In, in our kids' minds, God's gift to us that year was a miracle. Our kids learned by listening to us marvel at God's goodness, that God makes us his grace abound in marvel at God, um, to his children and that his ways really are not our ways. And we learn that God's cure for greed is giving. We learn that God releases the greedy grip, uh, the, uh, releases the greedy grip materialism has on our hearts as we loosen our grip on money. I'm reminded of that Christmas miracle every time I read the following words from Paul the Apostle. Quote, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And who also, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided to give in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a... 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. God, God expanded our joy in giving that year. He taught us again, he goes on to say, taught us again, provides. When he pours out his blessing in a way we simply cannot comprehend. We sang Christmas praises that year. <laughs> we sang Christmas praises that year to our grace-giving God, a God who surprised the world with his amazing provisions at Christmas. His gift of Jesus magnified his glory to all who will see it, and he continues to give abundantly, most often magnified again. So why do, why do we miss the importance of having Christmas, my friends? Why do we always seem to forget Christmas's eternal value? Why do we underestimate its personal benefit to me and my family and your family? I think because we get so hurried through this time. We forget to reflect on the benefits of Christmas. We neglect all the spiritual, eternal, material, emotional, psychological benefits that come because there is a Christmas. But we so often miss it because I think we get hurried through this year. So what do we do? Might I suggest a few things? 
We really need to slow down over the next couple of days. And require we reflect on what we have at this Christmas. Because Christ came and gave the greatest of all gifts to you and I. Secondly, his ultimate everlasting keeps gift keeps on multiplying itself over and over in our lives as we receive it. So like any gift somebody gives you this Christmas, you've got to receive God's gift this morning. You've got to open up your heart and your life to his presence and his glory. It's really amazing. And then as we give to others, it keeps on going. And thirdly, I discovered as I give it away, it just keeps coming back with more blessing and more reward. It's real amazing how that works. As we give, God always gives back. So let me conclude. Why did Christ come to this earth? Why in the world, why in the world did the Son of God become the son of a carpenter and his wife? Why in the world did God create a throne in heaven for a manger on earth? Have you ever thought about it? So why did he come? Why did Jesus come? So that we stand so, so that we could stand before God. We would not have to be sorry. He came to, to, to pay the price for our transgressions. That's why he came. For our sins. I said it last week and I would get and I mentioned it. But the reason for the season we talk about is Jesus, but really the reason for the season is us. Us. That's why he came. We are the reason for the season. It's partly true he's the reason, but, but the, we are the reason. Jesus came for you and you and you and you and you and you and the whole Because his love compelled him to come for us. So today, let's remember the eternal and good blessings that came to us. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, celebration, that there was a, a life given, the life of the creator of heaven and earth, so that God's people, us, might have a savior. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I pray, God, that the, the same, the same love that I feel right now, the same emotion that I sense right now in me would truly
truly be in every heart and every life right now as we recall again how, how the great God of all creation came down to be our Emmanuel, God with us. And we have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason to celebrate. Hallelujah. 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 So let's not get caught up with all the things we have to do. Let's take a moment. Maybe this is that moment. Where we lift our hands and lift our voice and just say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming. Thank you for changing history, for changing my life. Thank you. Thank you. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe there's somebody here that does not know him. You know about him. We've read the story, but but you don't, if you don't know him, truly know him. I counseled with a young man this week and at 11 years old, he had committed his life to the Lord. He is now 22, 23 years old, and he hadn't walked with the Lord in a long time. And I was able to lead him back to the Lord again. And the lights came on in his eyes. I, you don't know what I'm talking about if you never led someone to the Lord, but seriously, the lights come on. Maybe it's you. The lights have dimmed. you and you, 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 you hear what I'm saying, more importantly, you hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and you want to have that joy, that true Christmas joy, it only can be found in Jesus, my friend. He's a life changer. He's a life completer. He's a life giver. He's a light in this dark, dark world. in your family needs to hear this story this next couple days. Somebody in their mind, hopefully you don't have to stand there too long, needs to hear the glory of the Lord. Somebody. Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.